Hi, welcome to We Just Like to Talk. I'm one of your hosts, Kara, and this is part two of Becky and mine's discussion about social media inspired by the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma. If you haven't listened to part one already, you can go back and check that out. It's more about the documentary specifically. And this episode is more about uh, how we use social media, things we might want to see change about social media in the future, that kind of thing. Enjoy. we've been talking a lot about how our phones are sort of draining our energy, they're impacting our mental health, and sort of these other negative factors. But let's talk about maybe some positive things that has to do with um, our phones and these apps. Sure. Go for it. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> sure. I, I mean, honestly, I, I don't know in terms of social media if there are a lot of positives. I feel like we have, we fucked it up. Um, let's put it that way. Uh, I, I sometimes, I think about Facebook a lot and mm -hmm. the only reason I haven't deactivated, deactivated my Facebook account is for messenger and the fact that there are mm -hmm. certain people I only really am connected with on messenger. Otherwise I'd be off Facebook in a heartbeat. Um, on it, I honestly think we have passed a point of no return with social media where, we need to throw it out and reinvent the whole concept because I don't think the current mm -hmm. platforms can be reformed in a way that makes them healthy. Uh, so as far as social media goes, I think that's a dumpster fire. Um, but yeah, like my phone for me, I think of it as a hub. I think of it as a, a tool where it's not always just about communication. It's like I use my phone as a remote control for my TV because I usually just like I'm watching Netflix or whatever streaming service and just broadcasting it from my phone to my TV. So I always have to pick up my phone throughout the day if I'm watching TV just to like pause, change the show, that kind of thing. That doesn't mean I'm going online. Um, it just means I'm using my phone as a device. You know, I listen to podcasts constantly. It's my music player in my car. And, and it's just so much easier than having a whole bunch of different devices to do this. So I, I think if you can find a way to use your devices, use your phone to help you relax and help you enjoy your life without constantly seeking out the engagement and validation uh, and the pseudo connections that social networks promise you then mm -hmm. i think that is probably one way to leverage our technology for good yeah i totally agree with you i think the main reason that i keep facebook as well as you said is that i'm connected to certain people i don't totally agree that it's the rest of it's all bad mm -hmm. per se i think for me i also use facebook to connect with certain groups 
um, to know what events are happening, mm -hmm. to maybe attend like a virtual conference or something. So for me, it's more of like, okay, what's sort of happening in the city? Are there other things that I would like to do or people I would like to connect with that I, I couldn't otherwise? I think it's extremely helpful, especially when you move to a new city, you're not really sure where to start. I think that can be a good starting point. What what I mean is, like, I would take that and I would break it away from Facebook. And I would say, like, why don't we have yeah. a dedicated platform for events that's not connected to Facebook and that isn't siphoning all of your event data into Facebook's big advertising engine? Oh, no, I totally agree yeah. with that. So that's what I'm, I'm just saying. At. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, the positives, like, for me. Yeah. I do agree with you on that part. Absolutely. I'm just saying like what what else has been positive, right? About these apps? Okay, so here's a question for you. Uh yep. you have been on Instagram for a while and use it for promotional purposes. You have a blog, mm -hmm. and now more mm -hmm. recently you have co-founded a marketing agency called Mimosa Marketing with two other people. Mm. And mm -hmm literally like your job basically is to help brands promote themselves on social media so mm -hmm. how has that affected the way that you think about social media as somebody who like is intentionally using it to reach out, out to an audience yeah i mean i look at it in a way that it's just it's just another tool mm -hmm. to grow your business i don't think it's the end all be all i don't think that you should put all your eggs in one basket mm -hmm. um but i do think that it's extremely it's an extremely important part of a business because i see a lot of people our age maybe some people who are younger who are using especially instagram to find new restaurants, to find new places to shop, mm -hmm. uh, to find an interesting product or, you know, natural beauty or beauty products or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So it's like these people are already on here looking for these things. You might as well make your brand stand out. Mm -hmm. You might as well attract new clientele. But there are many more aspects to it than just using one platform and like I said, yeah, I don't think that it's a great thing to just solely focus on, let's say, Instagram or only focus on, on your Facebook page. It's kind of like you need to build all of these things up while offering a great service or a great product, uh, while listening to your customers. And maybe you have a storefront or maybe you have a website. So making that as attractive as you can or as appealing as you can to your customers is also extremely important. How do you feel about these algorithms controlling what ultimately ends up in people's mm -hmm. feeds? Like, do you ever get frustrated because mm -hmm. it seems like you're, you know, you're crafting these perfect posts and it, you just feel like you're not getting as many hits and engagements as you think you should be? Oh, yeah, it's extremely frustrating because I feel like it changes so frequently because you can craft the perfect post, you can put all the hashtags in it that you want, but ultimately they want you to pay for advertising. Mm -hmm. So then that, that way you can target your audience or an audience that you think would, would be attracted to whatever you're selling or whatever you're posting about. So it's just this like money-making monster. Well, 
and so I hear these rumors, and I don't know how mm-hmm. I don't know how true this is. You can maybe debunk this or tell me if it's true. But it's like I hear people talk mm-hmm. about how like Instagram's algorithm will privilege like if you're showing a little bit more skin in your photo, like they've got like oh, yeah. detection. So it's like you got to game the system by like deciding how to like pose and what to show in your photo, and even like the color balance and stuff will influence the algorithm into like showing your photo to more people yeah it's kind of yeah again it's this catch-22 of you're sort of playing into this whole game and you're also seeing what other quote-unquote influencers are posting and it ends up being like the same thing over and over and over and over again and for me i'm like i just i can buy into it a little bit like yes i can Mm -hmm. show you know a certain food photo or whatever that's stylized that's okay i mean as long as i as long as that's speaking to me and that's mm-hmm. still authentically who i am mm-hmm. that's okay i can buy into it a little bit but I- i'm not gonna go out there posting thirst trap photos <laughs> unless you want to <laughs> <laughs> unless i want yeah. to exactly like and there's and i'm not shading anybody that's currently doing this or that's what makes them feel good to each their own well that's the problem right is you essentially are faced with this social dilemma of do Mm -hmm. i accept that this is what i need to do in order to get myself out there or do i say no Mm -hmm. i'm going to be authentic even though i know it's going to cost me because the elder algorithm doesn't like my often my version of authenticity right Mm -hmm. so it's like Mm -hmm. you're kind of damned if you do because you're distorting what you believe in and you're damned if you don't because you're you know morally fine but you're not making any money (laughs) um i think that for a lot of people hmm how can i say this like yeah i think if you're a blogger you're influencer whatever you're on social media a lot and if you are buying into this stuff and you are trying to beat the algorithm whatever it may be. Um, I think at the end of the day, as long as you're okay to say, you know what, if Instagram crashed, if Facebook crashed, would I be okay? And if the answer is yes, then continue doing whatever it is you're doing. But if the answer is no, then I, that's where you have the problem. It's like as much as I love posting on Instagram, as, lo- as much as I love engaging with people and you know making a virtual connection of some sort, that's not my full life. Mm-hmm. My full life is so much more than what I'm posting and how I'm portraying myself to others. And I don't know if some people can say that. Uh, so like, what can we do? Now that we've recognized this social dilemma that we have, Mm. you know, you've already Mm -hmm. you've alluded to certain things like detox and being like aware Mm -hmm. of your use and stuff. Do you have other suggestions for how we can work on this either as individuals or as a society? I think that's a great question. I think talking about it and normalizing it. And I know that we've had plenty of discussions and I mean we're having a great one now so (laughs) it's so important to be talking about these things because you're not alone in how you feel you're not the only person that's comparing themselves to other people Um, you're not the only person that struggles with 
picking up their phone mm -hmm. when you're bored or unconsciously. Ask your friends who seem very at peace and content. Hey, how much how much are you using your phone? How much how much time are you spending on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it may be? And I think everybody's going to be a little bit different, but I think the less we use it in destructive ways, I think the better. According to my phone, I have used uh, 50 minutes of screen time today. I've unlocked it 11 okay. times. Okay. And it tell my my phone is an Android phone and what it does is it gives me a screen time goal and an unlock mm. goal. So right now it's just set to a default, which is my daily average, but you could also set it to a goal that you want. So my daily average screen time is apparently two hours and 11 minutes right now. Um, and my unlock goal is apparently I unlock my phone 38 times on average a day. Okay, that's not, that's not bad. Yeah, and then I also have the same kind of options that you were talking about in terms of like I can set a, a limit for how long I can use an app. Uh, yep. I have a, a feature called focus mode where you can create different kind of modes where you're only allowed to open certain apps. So like I can set work time. Mm -hmm. So it's like I could only open certain apps during that time. I haven't used that mm -hmm. yet, but you know, it's nice to know that you've got these options. I, of course, as an educator, I'm always thinking about like, how do we teach people about this? Because mm -hmm. this isn't going away, right? Or at least... It, we might want it to go away. We might want to change it for the better. But for now, this is what we have. And especially when it comes to like kids, you know, you saw in the social dilemma how it was affecting the self-esteem of the daughter, the younger daughter. You saw how it was, quote unquote, radicalizing the uh, teenage boy when it comes to like the extreme center, which I really laughed about. But, <laughs> you know, you saw the effect it was having. And sometimes I think that we, because we stereotype young people as being so good with new technology, like learning it really quickly, we make this unfounded assumption that we don't need to have conversations with them about digital etiquette and self-esteem uh, and how to do things like use social media responsibly. But we have to remember that whereas like you and I kind of came to this in our teenage and young adult years, that's when this became prevalent for us. This next generation, Gen Z and the generation after, they are they're growing into this. Like this is just part of the fabric of their lives. And as far as they're concerned, these things have always existed for them. So it's like we can't just tell them mm, social media bad. Get off your phone. Mm -hmm. We have to make sure that we develop ways of teaching them responsible usage uh, otherwise we will continue to have issues like teenagers believing conspiracy theories because nobody ever bothered to teach them how to use their phones responsibly mm -hmm. yeah. well said thank you <laughs> that was a that and that's a really great perspective too because as you said you are a teacher and education is extremely important so it's like you know, we can do things now, we can also do things for the future, we can do things for ourselves, we can do things for others, we can teach, we can learn. I think it's this whole process and 
I forget the guy that was on. I forget his name, but he had, sort of had like dreadlocks and and glasses. Oh yeah, and he was sort of this like zany character. Yeah, Jaron Lanier. I've read a book by him actually. There we go. He he's there quite um hardcore when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But he, I really enjoyed. Uh, towards the end, he was sort of saying like things that we've mentioned as well, like putting your phone away. Oh, I also really love this suggestion of, let's say you're on YouTube and you're listening to music and it has like the recommendation bar and then it also has the continuation playlist because it, it the algorithm knows what you've listened to before. So then mm -hmm. it'll just go into this automatic uh, playlist for you, mm -hmm. which is fine, but maybe to disrupt the algorithm, you choose something else or you choose something completely different so then that way it kind of throws it off and it's like, oh, okay, now she's listening mm -hmm. to hard rock or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's going from rap to hard rock. <laughs> uh, so I really liked, I, I really enjoyed um, that piece of advice and also just let's go out nature more. Let's breathe in some, some fresh air. Let's go for a walk. Yes, you, you can bring your phone along, but maybe don't be glued to it or maybe have those moments where you take out your headphones and you just strictly go for a walk somewhere just because who recommended that to you <laughs> <laughs> the guy in the social dilemma just kidding <laughs> i know you always get me out for a walk so it's good right no but i <laughs> i distinctly remember at one point I, I was describing for you how it's like i go for walks and i usually am either talking to you or listening to podcasts while i do so but Every once in a while, I make sure to, like, turn off the podcast, take out the headphones, yep. just enjoy, you know, the nature around me. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think that's a really good what you just said there. I think that's we could generalize that to a really good kind of rule of thumb is mm -hmm. if you're going to pick up your device because maybe you're bored and you have a moment, ask yourself. Is that the only thing you can do in this moment? Or do you have another alternative mm -hmm. that might be a little bit healthier? So mm -hmm. if like, let's say you've been really good and you haven't really looked at your phone that much and you've, you know, been enjoying nature for most of the day or whatever, then go ahead, pick up your phone. But if you've picked up your phone a bunch already and you feel rushed through this day, maybe leave the phone on the table and maybe just go step outside for five minutes. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, I know one thing is for sure. I love my phone because I can stay connected to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have a very good long distance relationship. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add? Do you think we should be holding some people accountable for this in terms of like, should we be fining some people? Should people be going to jail for this? Because it's like, Facebook is evil. They manipulated a whole like democratic election. Like, should somebody be punished for this? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Just seeing how much Mark Zuckerberg has gotten away and how much some of these people have gotten away that have been VPs or yeah. have, have helped out in the companies. I understand if you're an engineer and you're not very high up Mm -hmm. in the ranks yeah um so you've simply been told what to do i i understand that you're kind of being put into a hard 
place because that's your job and you're simply listening to your boss's instructions. Mm -hmm. But I think people at the higher levels that are making these decisions, oh, absolutely, they should be held accountable. And the fact that they haven't is just, that was the one of the most mind-blowing aspects about the documentary was that they've gotten away with so much. And they've made so much money off of it, right? And exactly. And they've made so much money off of it and they continue to do so. Mm-hmm. And the, the moral and the ethics just, there's there's no level. There's nothing there. Yeah. And so then what's, what are the consequences of that? It's like there has, there hasn't been any. So of course they're going to continue doing that and mm-hmm. then pushing the boundaries even more. Well said. What do you think? No, do I you think that they I completely agree and I have nothing to add to that. That's you said exactly what I would say. I mean, it kind of gets me riled up and angry. <laughs> Good. I think it should. I think we should be a little bit angry from this. But you know what? I'm yeah. also just really happy that I got to talk to you, Becky. Me too, Kara. So this is going to be maybe a little bit hypocritical after we've discussed how toxic social media can be. But <laughs> where can people find us on social media? <laughs> All right. So we have a website, www.wejustliketotalk.com. If you're listening to this, then you have found us some way, somehow, either through Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Podbean, etc. We're on most podcasting platforms. And if you don't like social media, you can actually use old school email. We just like to talk at gmail.com. Well, thanks for recommending this documentary to me, Becky. I really enjoyed it. And I especially am happy that I got to talk to you, to you about it for the podcast.